Welcome to Zikhu Daf Simanim Rabbi Avram Goldar and today Mosekas Ksubas Daf Ein Hey the seventh parak Hamadir. The Zikhu Mosekas Ksubas program has been generously sponsored as a schus for Hakazachas Torah. So the three types are going to focus on them. When Reish Lakish said, "Tavol Mesav Tandu Melo Mesav Armulu," it's better to live as two bodies than to live alone, which Rashi says was a popular woman saying. Abai said, "A woman whose husband is short as an ant." places her chair among the free women. Rush explains that despite his height, he gives her status as a married woman, and she feels comfortable to sit among the noble women, saying, I have a husband like you. But Papa said a woman whose husband combs wool, which Rush explains was a repulsive profession, will come to the doorstep to sit with him. Rush explains that she's not embarrassed to be seen with him. Ravashi said, a woman whose husband has questionable yichus shall not even demand lentils for her pot, which explains that she'll not even ask for lentils, which are inexpensive, as long as he marries her and shares his name. It was taught in a brace of Bakul and the Zanos for Tozbabalen, and all these women commit adultery and attribute the birth of their children as their husbands. Pointing to the Mishnah and say that Komumin Shaposim Kohanim, all blemishes that disqualify Kohanim from their avoda are considered blemishes for a marriage when the husband was Makanisha with a Tanai that there be no blemishes. A brace taught Hosifu Alehen Zea Vashuma Vareachapeh. They added the following defects for marriage which are not defects for Kohanim perspiration, a mole, and bad breath. Rush explains that we're referring to a woman who's constantly perspiring, and we understand that means she smells of sweat. When the Gemara brings a mission that indicates that a foul-smelling cone is not fit for the avoda, Rabbi Yosef Rabbi said that it's not a kasha. Kambeze overes, kambeze she'enu overes. Here, the price of dealing with marriage is dealing with temporary perspiration, which is chronic but not constant, whereas the mission regarding the cone is dealing with constant perspiration. Ravashi gave an alternative answer and said the mission is referring to a Kohen whose flesh is putrid where no amount of bathing can rid him of the odor, whereas the Bryce was referring to perspiration which can be removed with wine vinegar. The Kohen can remove bad breath by putting pepper in his mouth during the avoda, but a woman cannot keep pepper in her mouth all the time. And pointing with the next mission states, If physical blemishes were found in her after her erison, but while she was still in her father's house, the father must bring proof that they came to her after her erison, so that it's the husband's field that was flooded, so to speak. If she entered the Rishus of her husband before they were found, the husband must be proved that they were there before, and his acquisition was an acquisition made in error. The Gemara points out a contradiction, for the implication of the ratio is that if the father does not bring proof, the husband is believed, which is the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua who holds, not by the call's mouth do we live. But the save implies that if the husband does not bring proof, she is believed, which is according to Rabbi Gamliel, holds that she has a chazaka of being a basula. Rabbi Lazar answered that, in fact, the Reisha and Seifa do reflect conflicting views. Rava said, do not say Rabbi Yeshua will azil basil chazaka de gufa klal. He doesn't follow the chazaka of the body at all. He only does not follow it when there's a chazaka money opposing it, such as in the case of our Mishnah, where her chazaka cannot win against her husband's chazaka of the money. The Gemara brings additional interpretations of the Reisha and Seifa of the Mishnah. So once again, the three points are number one. Rishwakish said, It's better to live as two bodies than to live alone, which Rashi says was a popular woman saying. Abai said, a woman whose husband is short as an ant places her chair among the free women. Rashi explains that despite his height, he gives her status as a married woman, and she feels comfortable to sit among the noble women saying, I have a husband like you. But Papa said a woman whose husband combs wool, which Rush explains was a repulsive profession, will come to the doorstep to sit with him. Rush explains that she's not embarrassed to be seen with him. Ravashi said a woman whose husband has questionable yichus shall not even demand lentils for her pot, which explains that she'll not even ask for lentils, which are inexpensive, as long as he marries her and shares his name. It was taught in a brace of Bakul and the Zanos for Tozbabalen, and all these women commit adultery and attribute the birth of their children 
as their husbands. Point number two, the Mishnah had said, all blemishes that disqualify Kohanim from their avoda are considered blemishes for a marriage when the husband was Makanisha with a Tanai, that there be no blemishes. They added the following defects for marriage, which are not defects for Kohanim. Perspiration, a mole, and bad breath. Rashi explains that we're referring to a woman who's constantly perspiring, and we understand that means she smells of sweat. When the Gemara brings a mission that indicates that a foul-smelling cone is not fit for the avoda, Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Kinina said that it's not a kasha. Kambeze overs, kambeze she'eno overs. Here, the Brisa dealing with marriage is dealing with temporary perspiration, which is chronic but not constant, whereas the mission regarding the cone is dealing with constant perspiration. Ravashi gave an alternative answer and said the mission is referring to a Kohen whose flesh is putrid where no amount of bathing can rid him of the odor, whereas the Bryce was referring to perspiration which can be removed with wine vinegar. The Kohen can remove bad breath by putting pepper in his mouth during the avoda, but a woman cannot keep pepper in her mouth all the time. And pointing with the next mission states, If physical blemishes were found in her after her erison, but while she was still in her father's house, the father must bring proof that they came to her after her erison, so that it's the husband's field that was flooded, so to speak. If she entered the Rishus of her husband before they were found, the husband must be proved that they were there before, and his acquisition was an acquisition made in error. The Gemara points out a contradiction, for the implication of the ratio is that if the father does not bring proof, the husband is believed, which is the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua who holds, not by the cause mouth do we live. But the save implies that if the husband does not bring proof, she is believed, which is according to Rabbi Gamliel who holds that she has a chazaka of being a basula. Rabbi Lazar answered that in fact the Reisha and Seifa do reflect conflicting views. Rabbi said, do not say that Rabbi Yeshua lo azil basar chazaka de gufa klal. He doesn't follow the chazaka of the body at all. He only does not follow it when there's a chazaka money opposing it, such as in the case of our Mishnah, where her chazaka cannot win against her husband's chazaka of the money. The Gemara brings additional interpretations of the Reisha and Seifa of the Mishnah. All right, so now we go to our Simmer Dauphine Hay, and this one was suggested to by David Zave Glickman from London, as well as Gedalia Weiss. They both suggested Ein Hay is an Amha Aretz. An Amha Aretz. So here goes. It was a match made in heaven when the short as an ant, Amha Aretz, who combed wool as a profession, met the sweaty woman with a mole who had bad breath. And somehow he didn't notice her blemishes until she was already in his house. So once again, slow motion. It was a match made in heaven when the short as an ant, Amha Aretz, Amma Aretz, that must be more enough. Ein hey. It was a match made in heaven when the short as an ant, Amma Aretz, who combed wool as a profession, which reminds us, the Gemara teaches that women prefer to be married than being alone, even if it means marrying someone who's exceptionally short or has a repulsive profession like combing wool. So it was a match made in heaven when the short as an ant, Amma Aretz, who combed wool as a profession, met the sweaty woman with the mole who had bad breath, which reminds us, the Mishnah had said, blemishes that disqualify Kohanim from their avoda are considered blemishes for a marriage when the husband was Makadashu with the Tanai, that there be no blemishes. They added the following defects for marriage, which are not defects for Kohanim, perspiration, a mole, and bad breath. So, it was a match made in heaven when the short as an ant Amaretz, who combed wool as a profession, met the sweaty woman with the mole who had bad breath, and somehow he didn't notice her blemishes until she was already in his house, which reminds us 
The next Mishnah states, If physical blemishes were found in her after her erison, but while she was still in her father's house, the father must bring proof that they came to her after erison, so that it's the husband's field that was flooded, so to speak. If she entered the Rishus of her husband before they were found, the husband must bring proof that they were there before, and his acquisition was an acquisition made in error. Moazah says the ratio reflects the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua and the same for the opinion of Rabbi Gamliel. So once again, it was a match made in heaven when the short as an ant Amaharitz, who combed wool as a profession, met the sweaty woman with the mole who had bad breath, and somehow he didn't notice her blemishes until she was already in his house. All right, now it's time for four blah back Hazara. Dafain Alf. So the similar Dafain Alf is a donkey going E-R. So here goes. The man frantically riding his donkey donkey, that must be one Daf. Ein of E-R. The man frantically riding his donkey to find a Pesach to his netter, not to support his wife for an unspecified amount of time, which reminds us, Rav said, where a man made a netter not to support his wife for an unspecified amount of time, then he must divorce her immediately and give her the ksuba. And before she explained that since he'll have to divorce her after 30 days, since people will find out about it and she'll be disgraced, she can get divorced immediately. But Shmuel said, Even when the netter was for an unspecified amount of time, he does not need to divorce her immediately, for perhaps in the interim, he'll find a Pesach for his netter and be released from it. So the man frantically riding his donkey to go find a Pesach to his netter, not to support his wife for an unspecified amount of time, was shocked when the animal picked up the scent of the fragrance of her adornments, which she had last sprayed 30 days before, which reminds us, the Mishan Daf Ein Amadov stated that if one pronounced that netter on his wife that she should not adorn herself with any type of perfume, he must divorce her and give the Ksuba. Yossi says, with a poor woman he must divorce if he did not give a certain time limit for the netter. Whereas with a wealthy woman, the maximum term is 30 days. Abai explained that a kosher woman benefits from the fragrance of her adornments for 30 days. A term of 30 days or less is not considered sufficient hardship to demand a divorce, since the fragrance from the last time she perfumed herself can last that long. So the man frantically riding his donkey to go find a Pesach to his netter, not to support his wife for an unspecified amount of time, was shocked when the animal picked up the scent of the fragrance of her adornments, which she had last sprayed 30 days before, and then followed the scent straight to her father's home, where she was always eager to run back to. Which reminds us, the next mission states, A mother is ishto shalotel chabesavia. If one made a netter that his wife may not go to her father's house, if the father lives in a different city, then if the term of the net included one regal, he could keep her as his wife. But if the term included three regalim, then he must divorce her and give her the ksuba. The Gemara notes an inherent contradiction where the ratio implies that he must divorce her if the term includes two regalim, and the save implies that he must only divorce her if it includes three regalim. One answer given is the ratio is dealing with the radufa, a woman who is eager to go back to her father's home, whereas the save is dealing with a woman who is not a radufa, who is not eager to go back to her father's home. Dafaim base. So the symbol of base is a thick piece of cake. So here goes. The man who put down his thick piece of birthday cake, thick piece of birthday cake, that must be Ron Duff. I'm base. The man who put down the thick piece of birthday cake outside and went into the house of the Avel, which reminds us it was taught in a brisa, to say, what's the meaning of that which is written in Kohelis? Tova lech is al base evo, melech is al base mishta. It's better to go to house of mourning than to house of feasting. Ba'asher who so call adam, l'chayitin aliba, for that is the end of all man, and the living should take it to heart. What does it mean that the living should take it to heart? Devarim shalmisa, they should take to heart matters of death. The Gemara explains that this means that he should take to heart that what he does for the mace, such as eulogizing, bearing, or crying over him, will eventually be done for him when his time comes. 
So the man who put down the thick piece of birthday cake outside and went into the house of the Avel saw the deceased woman's head basket on the mantle, which reminds us the requirement for wearing a head covering is a deraisa and learned from the Parsha of Sota. But with the raisa, a woman is able to go out with a kasa, a head basket, but according to Das Yehudas, it's prohibited to go out with it since it allows her hair to be seen through the spaces in the weave. Das Yehudas requires a more effective head covering. So the man who put down the thick piece of birthday cake outside and went into the house of the Avel saw the deceased woman's headbasket on the mantel and listened to her children sadly explain that their father divorced her when he discovered she made a netter not to eat meat or wear colored clothing, which reminds us the next mission states that if a man is Mekadosh a woman on condition that she's not under vows, and it's later found out that she is under vows, she's not Mekadosh as it was taught in a bright, so the mission was referring to the following types from the Dharm. Dvarm shall inui nefesh, matters of self-denial, that she won't eat meat, that she won't drink wine, or that she'll not adorn herself with colored clothes. Dafayin Gimel, so the similar Dafayin Gimel is a giant ostrich egg. So here goes. The ostrich farmer who was Mekadosh a woman with a giant ostrich egg, giant ostrich egg, that must be run Daf. Ein Gimel. The ostrich farmer was Makadish a woman with a giant ostrich egg with a tanai she had no nadarim written on it, which reminds us it was stated Kitcha al tanai stam. One is Makadish a woman with a tanai, but married her without a tanai. Rav says, Srika men a get. The marriage is valid and she therefore requires a get. But Shmuel says, Ain't it Srika men a get. The marriage is not valid and therefore does not require a get. Abai said, Rav's reason is, Lefisha ain't adam osabiyos that a man does not let his bia be considered a bia of znus. Rashi explains that if he had waived his earlier tanai, then not only would the marriage be valid, but she would also be entitled to her ksuba. So the ostrich farmer was Makadish a woman with a giant ostrich egg with a tanai. She had no nanarim written on it, and then took the egg back when he divorced her after Arison and married her again without the egg. Which reminds us, Abai revises a statement made by Rabbah to say, The Malchokes between Rabbah and Shmuel is regarding an error involving one woman that is like an error involving two women. Rush explains that the cases where one was Makadish a woman with a Tanai that she does not have any Nadarim and then divorced her during Arison, he then took her back and married her without any Tanai. And then it was discovered that she had Nadarim. So the ostrich farmer was Makadish a woman with a giant ostrich egg with a tanai she had no Nadarim written on it and then took the egg back when he divorced her after Arison and married her again without the egg. Could not tell from his father's silence if that meant he consented to the condition which reminds us Abai challenged Rabbah from a rice of the taught if a man said to a woman Behold, I'm having relations with you as condition on condition that my father consent even when it turns out that the father did not consent, she is Mekudeshes. The Gemara says that the Tanakhama holds that the man really meant on condition that the father will remain silent and not object, and the father remains silent. Therefore, the condition is valid. Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda holds that he really means on condition that the father will say yes, and the father did not say yes. Therefore, the condition is invalid. So the Simra Dafaindal, it is an aid, a witness. So here goes. The confused aiding, aiding, that must be learned of Aindalin, aid. The confused aiding to the Chalitza Mutes, where the Yavim was told the Yavama would pay him tuna zuz, but didn't, which reminds us, a Chalitza Mutes is kosha omer lachotzla amanashititin lachamatayim zuz. Wherever the Yavim was told, perform a Chalitza in order that the Yavama gives you tuna zuz. Rav Achabrein Rav Ika said, why is the Chalitza valid? It's because the Avid Maisa al-Khuli achli the Tanai. Since he performed an act without reiterating the Tanai, it must mean he was mocha on the Tanai. Here too, where he was Makadosh al-Tanai, but had beer without reiterating the Tanai, he must have been mocha on the Tanai. So the confused aid into the Chalitza Mutes, where the Yavim was told the Yavama would pay him 200 zuz, but didn't. 
were taught the Parsha B'nai God and B'nai Ruvain to understand why the Tanai was invalid, which reminds us Ravaka explained why the Chalitza case is different. Since all Tanai are learned from the Tanai that motion made with B'nai God and B'nai Ruvain, a Tanai must resemble that original Tanai and be able to be carried out by a Shaliach, just like Moshe made Yehoshua his Shaliach. Tanai the Lev Kayumi Adi Shaliach will have Tanai. Tanai that cannot be carried out by a Shaliach is not a valid Tanai, and a Chalitza cannot be done by a Shaliach. Therefore, no Tanai can be attached to it. So, the confused aiding to the Chalitza Mutes, where the Yavim was told the Yavama would pay him 200 Zuz, but didn't, were taught the parchment they got him in a room to understand why the Tanai was invalid. By a doctor, Nechachim called in his backup to try to help a woman with a physical defect and a vow. Which reminds us, it was taught in the Brights regarding a case where the husband was Makadish a woman on condition that she had no vows or physical defects. If she went to a Chacham and he was Matir the Neder, she's Mekudeshes. If she went to a doctor who healed her, she's not Mekudeshes. What's the difference? Chacham okra saneder mikaro varofa enumarape el mikanu haba. A Chacham uproots the Neder retroactively from its very inception, while a doctor cures the defect only moving forward. Alright, now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number 1. Which definitely learn the difference between when a woman goes to be matur and neder from a chacham versus going to a doctor to heal a defect? That's on daf. Eindal. Good. Number two. Which definitely learn woman preferred to be married than single, even if it means marrying someone who's short as an ant or combs wool as a profession? That's on daf. Ainhei. Good. Number three. Which definitely have a machok? Because if a father's silence to his son's kedushin reflects his consent or not? That's on daf. Ayn Gimel. Good number four. Which of them learned the difference when the woman's womb is discovered in her father's house versus after she enters her husband's rishus? That's on Duff. Ayn Hey. Good number five. Which of them learned a chalitza mutes is where the woman said she would give the yavam money to do the chalitza, but then doesn't? That's on Duff. Ein dog. Good number six. Which doctor of Makok's Rav and Shmuel, where one was Makanish of woman with a Tanai and then married her without a Tanai? That's on Duff. Ein Gimel. Good number seven. Which of them a moon for a woman includes perspiration, a mole, or bad breath? That's on Duff. Ein Hey. Good number eight. Which of them learned since Khalids cannot be accomplished through a Shaliach like the Tanai B'nai God B'nai Ruvain, a Tanai cannot be attached to it? That's on Duff. Ein Dod. Good number nine. Which step through in the partner supporting the wife for the 30 days is not acting on the husband's behalf because the husband said all who supports her will not lose out. That's on Duff. Ein. Good. And number ten. Which step through you learn that Rabbah said the machokas between Rabbah and Shmuel is with a toast, an error with one woman that is like a toast, an error with two. That's on Duff. Ein Gimel. Excellent. That concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Avram Goldman Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.